You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Good morning. This is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota, and I'm glad that you've taken some time to spend with us today. The uh, stay-at-home order is keeping us in our home, so I'm recording this from my home. You are probably watching this from your home as we are waiting for the Minnesota COVID-19 stay-at-home order to end. But I just wanted to encourage you today and um, see what I could do to uh, help you to have confidence in the Lord during this time of fear and difficulty and uh, uncertainty. So let me pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you've given me this opportunity to uh, proclaim your word, to encourage people, to be a good pastor. Jesus, you are the perfect shepherd. You are the shepherd of the sheep. You are the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would, through the power of your Holy Spirit, um, speak to us in the short time that we have and that you would use us during this difficulty to give hope and even uh, pass on salvation to those around us, that we would point the way so that people could have eternal life in you. Lord, we pray for health. We pray for a cure for this virus. We pray for provision. We pray that you would provide uh, financial resources for those who are forced out of work, who are told that they can't go to their place of business or they've been laid off. Lord, we pray for uh, families as they uh, struggle, uh, all being in the same house together for so long, for the kids that aren't in school, for the people that can't go to work. I could just see how there could be a lot of conflict. So we pray for peace. Lord, we pray that you would just uh, bless our time now, that you would provide everything in every way, and that your name would be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, anyway, I'm so glad that uh, you have tuned in, uh, you're viewing, and um, I would love to shake your hand if that were possible. Hello, welcome to River Rock Church. Oh, we're not allowed to do that anymore. Fist bump? Nope, not a fist bump. Elbow. Put your elbow here. Elbow bump. Anyway, glad that you've come to worship with us. The Women's Bible Study and the Youth Group and the Jetto Bible Study, they're all meeting by Zoom. So if you would like to uh, get the link to those Zoom meetings, let me know and we will get you connected. We have a private Facebook group now that uh, my River Rock community, that people can share what's going on, prayer requests, prayer needs, uh, to, to try to develop more of an online sense of community in a private way. So um, anyway, I have uh, come to you today uh, with the desire to talk about Psalm 23. And when I first thought about doing it after Easter, I thought it was going to be so easy because I'm so familiar with it. Psalm 23 is the psalm that I pray whenever I find myself in need or trouble. Psalm 23 is what I pray whenever my world is falling apart. And you probably, like John 3.16, have Psalm 23 memorized, and you saw it on the screen. And anyway, um, Psalm 23 is a psalm that encourages us, a psalm that helps us through difficulty. And we need to do all that we can to encourage other people around us. So Psalm 23, uh, verse 1, the first part of it, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Is the Lord your shepherd? This only applies to those who are Christ followers, those people who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, those people who are followers of Jesus, who have made Jesus Christ Lord. 
of their life who follow Jesus Christ as Lord. Uh, the Lord is their shepherd. Jesus actually talks about a separation at the end of days between the sheep and the goats. Are you a goat or are you a sheep? So uh, we are sheep. We are all like sheep. You know, it's not a compliment when you're called a sheep. Uh, sheep are dumb, stubborn, defenseless, without a sense of direction, prone to wander. Um, they're not uh, quick to recognize danger. They're easily excitable and frightened. And if they're left to themselves, they'll perish. And Jesus had great compassion for his sheep. But Jesus is the shepherd and Jesus is Lord. A matter of fact, Romans 10, 9 through 13 tells us that we need to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. Look at the scripture uh, on the screen here. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you called on the name of the Lord? Have you confessed Jesus Christ as Lord? Uh, we need to acknowledge that we are all sinful, that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we need to uh, ask to be forgiven of that, to confess our sins to the Lord, to repent, to realize that we're headed in the wrong direction and have a desire to follow after Jesus. You don't need to clean your life up first. You need to come to Jesus first. I'm very concerned for all these people who are locked at home that might struggle with types of addiction, alcoholics who have no accountability and can't get to a meeting. Um, all of these people who are stressed and stuck at home with nothing to do. Um, I pray for them, and I hope that we can encourage them somehow. If you're a person like that and would like to reach out for some encouragement, let me know. But we are all sinners, and we are all um, imperfect on our own. There's no way that we can be righteous enough. Our acts of righteous are like filthy rags before the Lord. But um, by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and declaring with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believing in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. And to acknowledge that, to acknowledge our desire to do that, I think prayer, prayer is talking to God, is a great way to do that. Now, I know some people say, well, there's no prayer in the Bible that says you have to say this prayer to be saved. Uh, yes, it says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. But uh, praying is talking to God. So if you want to uh, acknowledge your desire to follow after Jesus, then uh, pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner and I need to be forgiven I acknowledge that you died on the cross for my sin, and you rose again and are alive today. Lord Jesus, I place my faith in you and my trust in you, and I want to follow you. Please make me the person you created me to be. Thank you for saving me and coming into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And the Bible says that when we do that, we receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps us to understand Scripture and helps us to live the Christian life and even gives us a gift for serving in ministry or even gifts. Uh, so many things, so many things we could talk about. But I wanted to focus on Psalm 23. Funny thing, too, is since I thought it was going to be easy, I thought I would just be able to whiz through it, that I would just be able to, uh, you know, just take care of Psalm 23 today. But it turns out I'm going to do this again next week because I found so much rich material in Psalm chapter 23 that I want to share with you that I think will encourage you. So we might only make it through the first couple of verses today, but come back next week and we'll talk more about Psalm 23 because there is so much there. Matter of fact, books have been written on Psalm 23. 
So Jesus is the good shepherd. And uh, if you read Psalm 22, uh, 23, and 24, uh, you see in Psalm 22, uh, Jesus as the one crucified and the one that is given for our sin. And if you read Psalm 23, you see that Jesus is uh, the provider. And then if you read in Psalm 24, you see that Jesus is uh, coming again. So, so many things, so much richness, richness there. But John 10, uh, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. John 10, 14. Uh, so in John 10, 11, uh, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In John 10, 14, he says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. In John 10, 27, Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Do we listen for Jesus' voice? We hear Jesus' voice when we read through the pages of Scripture. If you want God to talk to you, then you need to be spending time in your Bible. God speaks to us through His Word. Sometimes He speaks to us, to our hearts, but we can't always trust uh, what's in our heart. We should always back it up with Scripture. But if you want God to speak to you, if you want the Lord to speak to you, then you need to spend time in God's Word. And like we just read in the passage before, we must confess Jesus as Lord. Uh, therefore, uh, Jesus, the Good Shepherd, is the Lord of our lives. So, uh, Matthew 9:36, Jesus says, or the Matthew 9:36, uh, Scripture talks about Jesus, and it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And we need a shepherd. We need to be able to follow Jesus. We don't know what the future holds, but he does. We don't know what comes next in our lives, but he does. And we can trust him and follow him. And the goal of our lives is to honor the Lord, to worship the Lord, and then to spend eternity with him in heaven. And that is the Christian's goal, is to glorify the Lord and help people come into faith in Christ. Jesus gave his life for us. Isaiah 53, 5 and 6, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him, and by His wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Think of the ways that you have gone astray. Think of the ways that you aren't fully following Jesus right now. Uh, Maybe it's in what you choose to do with your time. Uh, Some people are finding themselves busier than ever as they try to find ways to juggle having kids at home and working from home and all these digital meetings and all these other things. Their lives were actually simpler when they got to go to work and the kids got to go to school. And now they're like working twice as hard to try to make things meet, uh, try to make ends meet. Other people have been let go from their jobs and they have nothing to do. So they can't go to work and they are doing all sorts of projects and they're bored. So um, whichever describes you, do all that you can to use your time wisely, to use this time to find ways to grow in your faith, to help other people, to encourage other people, and maybe even to help yourself to be more successful as we are able to be free and get back out to work and to um, get back out into the community. So make plans for the future. One of the greatest ways you can find hope is when you're making plans for the future. So don't give up hope. Don't say, oh, we're never going to get out of our houses and it's never going to be like it used to be. You know, it might be better than it used to be, actually. So just trust and pray and uh, be encouraged 
But Jesus, the good shepherd, laid down his life for us, the sheep. And we all, like sheep, have gone astray. And we're quick to go astray. And if we find ourselves going astray, if we find ourselves not uh, following Jesus the way that we're supposed to, uh, stop, turn around, and start walking back towards Jesus. Stop, confess your sin. Um, the Holy Spirit often brings to mind the sin that's gotten in the way of our relationship with the Lord. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, that's interesting because when Jesus died on the cross, He died for those who would believe upon Him, those uh, who would receive Him as Lord and Savior, those uh, who sinned, the sins of the past and the sins of the today and the sins that we'll commit tomorrow. But if we're going to have unconfessed sin in our life, uh, we need to confess that. So if the Holy Spirit brings it up, then we should confess that. Whatever the Holy Spirit brings to mind. Say, Lord, I acknowledge that I did that, said that, thought that, and that was wrong. Um, help me not to do that again. I want to follow you and be blessed by you. So, um, all right. So Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus takes care of us. Jesus leads us and guides us. Jesus helps us to uh, not only live the Christian life, but to have hope for eternity. The second part of verse 1, I shall not want. Does that mean that we won't want anything? Does that mean that we'll never sit there and wish that we had this, or wish that we had this opportunity, or wish that we drove this, or wish that we lived there, or uh, wish that we had this position at work? Um, I think it means that we should be content with what the Lord has provided. As the Good Shepherd, He provides what we need. He doesn't always provide exactly what we want, but maybe if we, He provided everything that we wanted, it might distract us or keep us from enjoying the Lord's best in our life. So sometimes that paycheck-to-paycheck -paycheck existence keeps us a lot closer to God than when we have a ton of money in our bank account. I shall not want. I shall not be in want. I have all that I need. I have enough. So Philippians 4.19 says, My God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. So as we ask, as we pray, as we present our requests to the Lord, we can trust that the Lord will provide what we need. Now, what exactly do we want and what exactly do we need? Um, I prefer filet mignon wrapped in bacon, uh, cooked on the grill. That would be delightful. Uh, just in case I ran out of food in the house, I have a couple of huge Sam's Club boxes of oatmeal. And that would probably keep me alive for a while. Probably be kind of boring, especially if I ran out of brown sugar. But uh, it is possible to live off of something simple like that and not have all of those things that uh, I truly want. But if I had an unlimited supply of filet mignon wrapped in bacon, I would probably grow tired of it. So um, anyway, so think about what you have, think about what you need, and trust that the Lord will provide what you need. And sometimes He provides even more. Matthew 6 Jesus says, and I mention this each week, I think it's because we're all worrying about the future and worrying about provision and worrying about how we're going to get through this uh, on the screen. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 30, Jesus says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But first seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So seek Jesus first. 
Pursue your walk with Jesus. Help build his kingdom. Tell other people about Jesus. Be concerned about making disciples. Invest your money and your time and your resources in building the kingdom of God. Help build up your local church. Uh, as soon as we have opportunity to meet, plan on plugging in and being involved again uh, as we get to meet in person. I don't know if I'll have to be six feet apart or how that will work, but I look forward to the time when we can get together again. I was reading in some Bible commentaries uh, a couple stories that I thought were really good that I wanted to share. So I'm just going to read them on this sheet of paper here. So um, we have a wealthy Heavenly Father. His wealth is immeasurable. He is the one who created diamonds, rubies, gold, silver, and oil. No one can come close to comparison in the wealth of God. He can supply any need we have now and in the future. In Christ, we have a wonderful inheritance waiting for us. As we have seen in the Bible, God can supply our needs from the most unexpected sources. Animals have been his butlers and waitresses. John Brenz, a friend of Martin Luther, remembered 1 Samuel 17:6 while he was hiding from the Spanish cavalry. Emperor Charles V had repeatedly tried to kill him and on one occasion almost succeeded. Brenz barely heard of the dangerous plot when he quickly grabbed a loaf of bread and hid in his neighbor's hayloft. For two long weeks he concealed himself in the loft. The bread did not last long at all, but the Lord sent a hen who showed up and laid an egg each day for 14 days, keeping Brenz alive. The chicken did not show up on the 15th day, but from the streets Brenz heard the shouts of the people. The cavalrymen are gone at last. God miraculously cared for his servant. In a similar way, a dog provided for the needs of another reformer, John Craig, who was arrested during the Spanish Inquisition. On the eve of his, scheduled, of his scheduled execution, John escaped. While fleeing through the Italian wilderness, John ran out of provisions. Suddenly, a dog approached him with a purse in its mouth. John tried to drive the dog away, but he persisted in bringing the purse to Craig. In the purse was enough money to take John to freedom. One more. God used a spider to protect Robert Bruce of Scotland. He was running for his life, fleeing persecutors. He hid in a small cave, and a spider immediately appeared and began to spin a web over the entrance of the cave. Bruce's pursuer searched the countryside. Two of the pursuers approached the cave, but when they saw the unbroken web of the spider, they concluded he could not be hiding in the cave. Bruce, breathe this prayer, O God, I thank thee that in the tiny bowels of a spider you can place for me a shelter. All of creation is at God's disposal to take care of us and our needs. And there are so many things we can read in Scripture about how God has provided in miraculous ways. And God can provide for us in miraculous ways. What I'd like you to do is uh, keep a journal of prayer requests and answers to prayer, and then maybe share that with us. Maybe you can go to our private Facebook group, uh, my River Rock community. Um, just go to our regular site. You'll find a link to it, riverrockchurch.com, and you can find ways to plug into that. But I just want to encourage you to take time to pray for every need, maybe write those things down, and then uh, when God provides answers, write that down, and pretty soon you'll build up your confidence in the faith that the Good Shepherd is providing for you, that Jesus is providing what you need, and sometimes even more. And sometimes He provides more than you need so that you can share that with others, so you can be used of God to be generous and help other people. What has been your experience with the Lord providing for you? Uh, when Have you ever found yourself in a position where you had a great need and there wasn't anything you can do about it? Uh, sometimes it's money. Sometimes you need a job and then God provides a job in an amazing way. 
opens opportunities through providing a job. I've had that experience before where um, I had a job opportunity that led to uh, other opportunities that led to me gaining skills I wouldn't have had otherwise. And uh, that's been a big blessing. Um, I've been sick before where it didn't seem like there was any cure. And I prayed and prayed and got everybody I could find to pray that I would be healed. And I believe that God healed me from the sickness that I was going through. I literally thought my life was over. I literally thought that my opportunity to uh, be a pastor and uh, invest my life in people and do uh, talk was over, but uh, it was a season, uh, a short season where I learned to trust the Lord more, a short season where I changed some things with my diet and uh, the things that I do, a uh, short season that I went through that I believe God healed me from. And I'm just thankful for the opportunities. I'm actually more thankful now that I've gone through those hard times than I would be probably if I hadn't gone through the hard times. But I want to encourage you to pray and to trust and to look to the future and to know that there is hope and that the Lord can provide hope. And even when it seems like the enemy is all around you, even when it seems like uh you are going to get sick or you are going to die, that the Lord can help. And I'm not promising you that just because you're a Christian that you won't get the virus. I'm not promising you that just because you're a Christ follower that you won't end up uh, on a ventilator in intensive care or whatever. There's no promises of that. But there is a promise that Jesus will never leave us or forsake us. There, there is a promise that the Lord will provide for us. There is a promise that he is going to carry us through and that if we were to die, we would go straight into his presence because we're followers of Jesus. I have another story that I want to share that uh, has to do with war that I also found in an old Bible commentary that um, I found was very encouraging. Now, this isn't World War II, but we are at war with a virus and we can't even see our enemy. But I found encouragement in this. Captain Johnson, I'm going to read it again. Captain Johnson was serving as chaplain on an island in the South Pacific during World War II. He prepared to go on a bombing raid on enemy-occupied islands several hundred miles away. The mission was a complete success, but on the homeward course, the plane began to lose altitude and the engines faded out. A safe landing was made on a strange island. It was learned later that the enemy was just one half mile in each direction, yet the landing had gone undetected. The staff sergeant came to the chaplain and said, Chaplain, you've been telling us for months of the need of praying and believing God answers prayer in time of trouble, and that he does it right away. We're out of gas. Our base is several hundred miles away, and we are almost surrounded by the enemy. Johnson began to pray and lay hold of the promises and believed that God would work a miracle. Night came, and the chaplain continued his intense prayer. About 2 a.m., the sergeant awakened and felt compelled to walk to the water's edge. He discovered a metal float which had drifted up on the beach and octane gas. In a few hours, the crew reached their home base safely. An investigation revealed that the skipper of a U.S. tanker, finding his ship in sub-infested waters, submarine-infested waters, had his gasoline cargo removed so as to minimize the danger in case of a torpedo hit. Barrels were placed on barges and put adrift 600 miles from where Johnson and the plane crew were forced down. God had navigated one of these barges through wind and current and beached it 50 steps from the stranded men. 
The Lord's been doing miracles for a really long time, since the beginning of creation, and He can do a miracle in your life. The Lord can provide what you need. You need to pray and ask. Uh, sometimes, as you share your resource need with others, they have the resources to help you uh, through the difficulties, resources to help get you through. Uh, there's other things that you can do. Uh, you can work with your creditors and let them know that you can't afford to pay. My mortgage company, I'm not sure if this is good or not, but sent a uh, notification or uh, an email that said, we understand that if, your job, if you've lost your job or your income has uh, deteriorated and you're having a hard time paying, it's okay. A matter of fact, you don't need to pay for three months. You can skip payments for three months. And then at the end of the three months, all three accumulated payments, plus your next payment, will all be due. So I'm like, huh, how does that work? So you don't have any income during that time and you can't make a payment, but all of a sudden you're supposed to make a payment? I don't know. But then they said, if you find yourself in that situation, we'll deal with it when we get to that point. So it sounded like they could extend your loan and put the payments on the backside of your loan and do it that way. Uh, your creditors might be able to help um, pray. And if you can't pay a bill, don't just not pay it. Instead, uh, talk to uh, the electric company or the water bill company or whoever it is that you can't pay. Let them know you can't pay it and they'll probably work with you. But pray, pray through it, be kind and courteous and uh, have trust in, and work through it. Um, as a church, we are dependent upon the financial giving of people also. And uh, so we uh, have been uh, provided for so far uh, through those of you that have been giving, uh, through uh, checks sent to the P.O. Box, P.O. Box 184, or giving online and uh, providing in that way. So our offering isn't what it normally is, but there's still some coming in, and we appreciate that. So your faithful giving helps us to keep going. And uh, so prayerfully consider that. And then do all that you can to pray for others. So encourage each other, build each other up, uh, help encourage your children, help your children to see this period of time as a growing time. Maybe your relationship with your kids who are always gone, heading off in this direction and that direction, will be better than it ever was before. Maybe your relationship with the Lord will be closer than it was before. Maybe your perspective on life will be better as you realize that we really aren't in control of this life and there isn't a whole lot that we can do to ensure our safety or ensure our provision or ensure our health. I mean, we thought that we were self-sufficient and obviously we're not. So we trust and we pray and we look to God to provide. And as we pursue Him, as we delight ourselves in Him, uh, He will provide. Come back next week. We'll look at Psalm 23, verse 2. He makes me lay down in green pastures. Well, we'll talk about the rest that He provides and how He restores our soul. Um, so many things that uh, Psalm 23 brings up. But I hope that you'll memorize it. I know that when I've come into difficulty and it seems like my world has fallen apart, when I'm lying there in that bed or hospital bed or whatever, and I think my days might be coming to an end, I find myself automatically praying Psalm 23. So be encouraged this week and do all that you can to encourage others. We appreciate you and just appreciate that you took this time. If this has been worthwhile, we hope that you will uh, share this with others. Uh, if you watch it on YouTube or Facebook, it will be available um, online uh, after the uh, Facebook premiere for a long time to share. So share it with others. Um, and here is Dan with our missions moment and maybe one of his uh, original non-copyrighted songs. So 
All right, let me pray again. Lord Jesus, you know every need, and you know every need of the people that are here watching this. You know their every concern, their every fear. Lord, we pray that through the power of your Spirit that you would give them confidence and hope, that you would help them not to be fearful, but they would be courageous. Lord, you are a good shepherd, and we're going to see that even next week as we look more into Psalm 23. But you are Lord, and you are the shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. You are the chief shepherd who guides and directs. Lord, we want to follow after you, and you make it so that we have what we need to get through this life. Help us to look around and see all the ways that you provided. Like that song that says, uh, count your many blessings, then you'll be encouraged at what the Lord has done. Is that how that goes? I don't remember. Anyway, Lord Jesus, I just thank you. And thank you for these people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.